talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast and a very special episode. Number 200 with John Mita. I am Joe O'Donnell. We made it, brother. It's been a few weeks, but we made it. We got to 200. That's a hell of an accomplishment. I know it probably should have been a, we should have had like a big blowout podcast for episode 200. We should have had, you know, a cheering crowd and a band in the background and a tailgate. And, but we didn't. We're separated by thousands of miles. But I uh, <laughs> hope you're doing well, brother. Well, I mean, this is fantastic. We have our 200th. You are right. We're going to probably trying to do something special. But what we can do is once you come back home, whenever that is, we'll do the five-year anniversary show. So I like that. So Why don't we we'll just go- throw a party? Wait, I'm always down for just throwing a party, like yeah. making up an excuse. So sure. we'll just throw a party to celebrate 200 episodes I, I no I- matter what. I totally concur, and we're also going to celebrate this. And this is the fact that I'm going to tell the world and tell our following. Congratulations to the Joseph O'Donnell, who is now, everyone, the radio voice of the Minnesota Wild, not the Iowa Wild, okay? You want to talk about the Beyonce upgrade. He has made it (laughs) to the big time. I'm so proud of my partner on the other end that's been driving this podcast for the last five years and 200 episodes later, I mean, it only took 200 episodes for you to get the call to the big club, but I uh, couldn't be happier for you, buddy. You've worked your tail off. Those of you who don't know, Joe spent, I mean, I learned so many things in these interviews when Joe was on the interview circuit, you know, in regards to um, his new promotion. Um, the fact that you spent, what, 14, 15 seasons with that organization, that's a tremendous accomplishment in itself. And uh, everybody back here in the, uh, the Delco area, it's all happy for you, and uh, man, we couldn't be prouder, buddy. So congratulations. We know you're going to kick it on the NHL level. I'm sure I'm going to see you in several cities. I'm going to try to make some of these road trips happen. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's the best news that, that we've received in quite a long time. I'm so happy for you. I know that our listening audience is extremely happy for you. And, you know, so I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, but man, it, it's you know, you were the epitome of what hard work looks like and sticking with something, because that's the bottom line that people need to understand is that you put in the grind. I mean, you were, you know, an intern for the Reading Royals, and then you you had five days to make it out to Boise, Idaho, and 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 your travels all across the country. And now you made it, and you got to feel special because there's, what, one of 30 of these jobs in the entire NHL? Is that correct? Uh, 32 radio 32. broadcasts. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. 32. That's right. Cause they added the Kraken from Seattle, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, so happy for you. So I want to give big ups to you, you know, have your moment. And, uh, and I just want to just tell you, I love you. And, um, it's, it's a great job and, and we're, this is, this is what you train for, man. And you're going to do a great job. And I know you're going to be with that organization and 
you know, God forbid something happens here locally, uh, we will reel you home quicker <laughs> than you can say hello. Uh, uh, yeah. Thanks, Johnny Mina. That you got it, buddy. buddy. You got uh, it. Yeah, I don't. I'd rather not talk too much about it, but you know, I appreciate what you just said. Very God. kind words, and all the people that reached out over the last month or so during the process and when it became official, I do. It was overwhelming. So thank you for that, man. And it does, you know, it does feel somewhat, somewhat rewarding to have, uh, to have stuck it out and gotten there, but it's also still a little surreal, surreal and a little weird too. Like, sure. I'm just not used to so far, not having like a million things to do as far as my job goes and yeah. just kind of focus on the games, which you know, we'll get started here shortly. I mean, the NHL scene, we're, we're probably not going to talk about the Flyers in this episode of the Brotherly Love podcast, but we damn well could, um, given the fact that training camp's underway and they played their first preseason game the other night. So it is hockey season, my friend. We're getting there. All right. I like um, it. We will not obviously mention on this episode that guy that dribbles a basketball and can't shoot because we said we we're done with him. Right? Yeah. We're not going to talk about him anymore. So nope. he can go pound sand. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are pretty much eliminated. I mean, they would, here's my prediction now with five games to go, they'll probably go four and one and they'll be in it to the last day. Uh, they'll probably take the next two from the Braves and just reel us back in one more time just to come a game short of the playoffs, which would be just so frustrating, but they had a chance last night and, and almost, you know, really a must win situation with their ace on the mound and Zach Wheeler, and they couldn't get it done. They lose two to one and that pretty much, uh, writes their obituary. Um, unfortunately, we can spend more time on them in a future podcast. They got to get younger. They got to get better. And I don't know how they do either of those things yeah. unless ownership's willing to make some, serious some money. changes. Yep. Spend, spend some money and there's so many holes to fill. And to be honest, I mean, as much as me, you, or maybe just me, you know, are calling for Joe Girardi to become the manager of this baseball team, he has been a colossal disappointment in my yeah, opinion. Very underwhelming, I would say. Yeah, and, underwhelming. You know, That's I think word. if they can get younger and faster um, and not rely, you know, not be so inconsistent offensively. Look, the bullpen stunk for large portions of this year, but here we are again in September where a win or two here or there one or two of those games that they just didn't hit or where they blew a lead or the bullpen blew multiple leads. You know, you can say what you want about losing games in April and you have 150 games to go and all these things. At the end of the day, they all count. And they all count the same. So for every one they snuck out in one rallying late, they probably blew twice that many. And at the end of the day, it's going to cost them most likely. So bummer there. But, you know, the last couple of weeks, I kind of checked out of the fills, uh, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Uh, which is unlike me, really it is. But, uh, you know, I've been at least checking box scores and seeing what was going on. I did watch a lot of last night's game just to just to have the heart stabbed one more time. But it seems the fills are, are all but toast, unfortunately, again. And this is going to be a year that you go, what if? Because the Mets weren't very good. The Nationals stunk. The Marlins were awful. And the Braves lost their best player months ago. And they found a way to rally and eventually what looks like win the division. However, we have a team to talk about in the city of Philadelphia that could be the most disappointing team this year, if we're lucky. <laughs> uh, an embarrassing performance on Monday Night Football. Uh, Johnny Mita, you and I have not talked, I think, since prior to the season. The Birds got off to a great start, pounding the Falcons week one. They let one slip away by all accounts in week two against the 49ers. Could have won that game. Should have been up big and had a chance to win it. They weren't. 
And now uh, Monday Night Football, national TV. You go down to Dallas and you get your absolute doors blown off. 41-21 the final. It was really never that close. The forum is yours, my friend. And uh, I'd like to feel that fire. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, where do you start? So the beginning of the season, right, you have a new coaching staff coming in. We, we really don't know what to expect. We like some of the things that are coming out of his mouth, what he's saying, and then some of it we're like, yeah, let's see. You know, they beat the crap out of the Falcons, who were one of the worst football teams in the National Football League. So you're like, okay, but we like the way the game was called, right? We thought, oh, he's really playing to his players' strengths. It's good game call, play calling, what have you. The defense in Atlanta gets run over early on, but then they come back. And they only gave up six points in the game. And you're like, well, and then you play the good football teams. And then this, it really starts to take form of what's going on. Um, there's a lot of areas for concern. First of all, you know, as, as many times have I been in this stadium to yell at the head coach to run the football, this is going to be, obviously this will be making a comeback this Sunday against the Kansas city chiefs when I'm in C16. But the fact of the matter that you only ran the ball two times to Miles Sanders is an absolute embarrassment. It's embarrassment, number one, because he's on my damn fantasy team. Just kidding. <laughs> he, he is. But that's neither here nor there. But the guy's one of your most talented offensive players. And I was hoping with this regime that he would get the ball more than he did with the last regime. And it turns out we were fooled. Um just the play calling. And I know it's the flow of the game, right? But the fact of the matter is, if you honestly thought that you could win in a shootout with the Cowboys, who have a prolific offense, you know, the Eagles were in a tough spot. Basically, Dallas, you know, Dak Prescott has a horrible leg injury. This is the first time he's playing in that stadium since the horrendous injury. You know they were going to be juiced up. It's their first home game. It's essentially their home opener, Monday Night Football. And, and just to come out and lay goose egg. And Jalen Hurts looked completely lost. Um, he was running out of the pocket early and often. Again, I know losing offensive linemen is never a great recipe, but it just seemed that, and it just seemed that, I don't know, it just seemed like the coaches, you could see their greenness come out. And the other thing is, too, you know, I talked about this a lot. Like, okay, great. Week one, they look great against the Falcons, but. When you're developing relationships with your wide receivers, it's important for you to get game reps. And the fact of the matter is that none of these guys played in the preseason together. I thought it was a mistake. I think most of it, everybody in the Delaware Valley thinks it's a mistake. And now it seems like it's coming to fruition that it was a complete mistake. Um, so that that's worrisome. The other thing is I want to look at the, you know me, I'm a huge guy when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. And I am severely disappointed. With, with the play calling by by Jonathan Gannon. Has he blitzed I, more than three times all season? No, no. But if we look at it, and the one time he did blitz, right? He blitz, he sent Avante Maddox, I think, from a slot corner blitz. They're able to get home, and Josh Sweat gets his first sack of the year. Like, I'm tired of the vanilla defense. Blitz, I know you don't want to leave your guys on an island, and I know you're leading the league and not giving up big plays, but – you have, like, if you let a quarterback like Dak Prescott, who's one of the definitely a top 10 quarterback, you know, some might make the argument, the argument that he might even be top five. But if you let a guy like that sit back there, he will pick you apart. He was audibling like crazy. And, and it just, and you look at this defense, okay, we all know what it is, okay? We are so deficient in so many areas. 
We need, in, in my opinion, next year when it comes to the draft, and listen, the jury's going to be out on Jalen Hurts as far as is he the quarterback of the future right now? It's not really trending in that direction, so to speak. But I'm honest to God, I'm drafting, and if we are, through the grace of God, able to get the Indianapolis Colts draft pick, if Carson can find a way to play 70% of the snaps this season with, again, let me reemphasize, through the grace of God, if we have three first-round picks, I'm taking all defense. I'm taking a safety, I'm taking a linebacker, and I'm taking a cornerback. We take Landon Dickerson in the second round this year. He played. He started at the guard position. He hobbled off the field. Clearly, he's not ready or he's not physically able to perform at this very moment. Will he be a good player in the future? Yeah, but his industry, you know, his his, indus- his injury history read like my resume. Many jobs, like Fletch. But here's the deal. Like, we could have had Asani Samuel Jr. He has two interceptions this year. That's more than the Eagles as a team, I think. So Yeah. It is. We'll it, look, it's just, it, and linebackers, Singleton, exposed. Like when these running backs are running right between the tackles, and you have not one linebacker that can fill that and beat somebody down, there's a problem. And again and again, how many years are we going to go that this damn football team does not value the positional linebacker? Because you know what? You name me one defense in the NFL that doesn't have good linebacking play. And if you can do that for me, I'll send you a gift card to your house because I know you can't do that. Right. It's a, and to your point, like if you, you might, there might be defenses without good linebackers. They're not good defenses. You know, right. you have to have those guys that can go sideline to sideline. They can create havoc. They can it's get been... downhill. I mean, the, the blocking scheme, you know, they pointed out on Monday night football, the Cowboys were double teaming Fletcher Cox. They were double teaming Javon Hargrave and there was nobody else around. I mean, you could driven a Mack truck through some of those holes and, Oh, look yeah. about the goal. How about the goal line? Do you remember the goal line defense play where they just handed the ball to Zeke Kelly? They were literally like in the three, four, and the linebackers, this is like first and goal or second and goal on the two yard line. And the linebackers are playing like three to four yards off the line right. of scrimmage. You're inside your five yard line. You have to stack the box. He never brought a safety down in the box. Never. Like, I get in. When the hell is big play slay? Gonna make a damn play. Yeah. You know, the biggest play he made was the pass interference, which I thought was a garbage call. But man, you brought this guy in and paid a lot of money, and he has not made one interception. And if he's not comfortable, he'd rather if he's not a good zone corner, which I don't think he is. I think he excels in man-to-man coverage. Well, let him play man-to-man and let everyone else play zone. I don't care. Yeah. Listen, the middle of the field was so wide open for the Cowboys to exploit. Oh, and it was from the first Killing drive it. on. Yeah. And they never adjusted to it. That That's... CD Lamb play that got him down to the one yard line on the first drive, what, five plays in, four plays in? You know, he Dak dropped back on a play fake, and there wasn't even a running back within the same zip code of him. So I don't know what you'd be doing if you were fooled by that fake at all. So to me, it's not like everybody got sucked up, yet, you know, you got cornerbacks turn around looking for your boy, the safety, Kayvon Wallace, who God knows where he was, and he got hurt on the play anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's bad, man. And it, I didn't think it would bad. get this and, bad this quick, but – And it's not going to get any better. I mean, look yeah. at the schedule. My God. Yeah. Kansas City, Carolina, Tampa Bay, then the Raiders. Like, what? Like, yeah. what? 
And then Denver, after that, Denver's undefeated right now. Now, of course, they beat the Jets, the Giants, and the Jaguars. I mean, I think we might have started out 3-0 as well. But at the same time, like, that's not good. Like, there's a strong – The Eagles have moved the ball, John Mita, on some bigger plays. And they've had some between the 20s. But against the Niners, they stalled out. They couldn't get creative enough. They couldn't execute when it mattered. Yeah. And against the Cowboys, obviously they got behind, so it made them very one-dimensional and predictable. But listen, a lot of the – as much as I, I say that they've had some big plays and they've had some drives, let's keep in mind that a lot of it too has been garbage time. Yeah. Or when the defenses are playing softer. The 49ers got a two-touchdown lead in that fourth quarter, and they were like, you can have everything you want underneath. There's 10 minutes left. Absolutely. You know, And the Cowboys got up 20 points, and they're like, you can have everything underneath. So Goddard was open and Ertz was open. And yeah, I know Hertz missed the one throw where maybe Goddard breaks it off and then the next play is a pick six. But I just it's just been very frustrating. After the Atlanta game, we haven't seen any screens, we haven't seen any motion, we haven't seen any creativity. And I I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist, but it just feels like the way that game went with all the passing. And, like, the lack of, I don't know, ability to change, adapt, be prepared, or mm-hmm. whatever, on Monday Night Football in Dallas, it just it just stinks to me that there is a message from upstairs that somebody else is pulling those strings with the way they came out and approached that game. And I hope to God that's wrong. <laughs> but with this organization, man, uh, sometimes you just don't know. Well, and and it's funny you say that because uh, Sirianni had his day after presser. I think yeah, it was, I heard it was a bear, embarrassing. Right, was today. but yeah. I mean, I think I don't know if it was Jeff McLean, but they asked somebody about asked the weekly him. meeting with Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey's yeah, at practice yeah, yeah. every day, and yeah. So Jeffrey, I mean, stay away from practice, dude. Go yeah. work on recycling bins for the stadium or making the seats more, you know environmentally yeah. friendly like, <laughs> i know man it, it's okay. yeah I, i'm with it and it's just the, the past happiness is just i mean yeah i mean here's the deal like the quarterback's best friend is a strong running game yeah and we have some talented running backs so why aren't we using them and not only that running the football also gives your offensive line some some confidence thank you exactly and it takes the ball out of the other offensive hand uh offense's yeah. hands which you've admitted you're worried was going to hang 40 on you. And yet you let him hang 40, and in the meantime, you just threw it all over the yard and punted. And look, Jalen Hurts did break the pocket too soon. But you know who Jalen Hurts looked like on Monday night? He looked a lot like Carson Wentz last year. Sure did. Which was not knowing who to trust, not knowing where to go, feeling like he had no time to do the things he needed to do, and he wasn't getting a whole lot of help. And I understand that Brandon Brooks is out. And now mm-hmm. Sam Malo's out. And and when you start – and Mylotta was out. When you start yeah. losing linemen, everybody gets a little bit more jittery back there. Right. It's human nature. Absolutely. But the Cowboys Man. brought the blitz. Yeah. And there was nobody getting open quickly enough for Hurts to make a quick read. And so he just started to take off. And guess what? Against a fast defense with good linebackers, he had nowhere to go. They were waiting for him. Absolutely. And and the other thing is, too, like, I, I just like the one thing, if you look at the Cowboys cornerbacks, man, it was almost they knew exactly they knew the route tree, right? Wherever yeah, they right lined up, up in their kitchen 
and here's the other deal. And let's let's make a point in this, okay? There was no pre-snap motion from the team on any one of their 59 offensive plays. And that's that's just bad play calling. That's bad scheming. That's bad everything. Yeah. Like, so find a way to get people like, open. Thinking? Put Devontae Smith in motion. Get him running. Get him going one way. How like, about an end around? An end of something. Receiver. Anything. I mean, it was so bad. You know what I saw? Like that play that he got picked off on, right? When he basically stared down the gun barrel, Devontae Smith slips, Trayvon Diggs, who I like as a cornerback, not because he's a cowboy, I just like him as a player. But um, like I would have went right back to that play and I would have double moved the hell out of it. The announcer I, said I, that. It did they he? Said I didn't, that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they because said, well, they were sitting they're reading the route. Next they're, thing you do is you take them up top on a on a on a double move. That's it. Like do a little, you know. We used to call it, you know, back in our grade school, you know, step and go. You do a ten out square out, and then boom! As soon as you, you take that hard drive and go right down the sideline. I mean, they probably would have cooked them. So again, hopefully, we learn from our mistakes. And it's too early to judge the season. Uh, the one thing that's worrisome is. Um, you know, they could become an issue is and maybe Jalen Hurts his arm strength, you know. Does he have the ability to to, to cut it loose? I you think know, that, he does. I just think he needs to set his feet properly yeah, on some yeah. of those long. Well the Rager like, interception, that was kind of grossly underthrown. That was I mean, I don't know if he would have you know, I don't know if Rager would have ran well, down the ball if he threw it five it, yards in front. Yes, he just he just he just laid it up there rather than put you know, put and it that's five what yards he tried to do, yeah. Right. Exactly. He tried to have he, some touch on it. Exactly. And, and, he tried to like, th- right. like shoot it in as opposed to just let it low, yeah. let it loose. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm, I wasn't as worried about that one. The killer no. was obviously the pick six because you were actually on the move to start the second half. Maybe you get it to a seven point game or an eight point game, whatever. I think they were down thirteen because the Cowboys had missed the kick. You know, no. maybe you get it to a one score game. You put a little heat on Dallas, but when they go up twenty, then you got to play perfect football. You got to stop them defensively, and you proved you couldn't do that. I've never seen our run defense look so bad. So um, bad. And I, I didn't realize you, I, Brandon I, I, Graham was a run God. defending God, but apparently all these years Brandon Graham's been a run defending, stopping. Oh, my maven. God. I sent you that graphic. I couldn't believe it. It's like the average per run was just incredible when he is out of the lineup. It's like night and day. He ain't coming back, so they better figure it no. out. You know what I mean? That's the one thing. It's like it's not like he's coming back tomorrow. Oh, God. And, and, and let, let's also talk about this real quick. Um, the penalties, okay? We lead the no. league in penalties. We have 35 penalties through three games. That's like an average of 11 penalties a game. Like, that is obscene. Yeah, and Derek Barnett, had yeah. that oh. man not fallen um, on Tom Brady's fumble? Oh, uh, he'd be roasted. I mean, I mean, he, he literally has, listen, he's he has nothing. 20. Do you know in his career oh, yeah. there's another more step. penalties and sacks? Yeah, I've not nine, 20, yep. yeah, 23 penalties, 19 and a half sacks. Yep. Now think about that. This For is what is fourth, pick, by the way. Yeah, fourth or fifth year. He has 19 and a half sacks. That means he's averaging what five sacks a year from a first round draft pick. Not good enough. And not think about enough. that. He is the last one from that 17 class, yeah. isn't he? Ryan Kerrigan hasn't done anything. Haven't no, even he's noticed him. Nope. Josh Sweat, they gave him a huge contract. He doesn't even play. Yeah, Melvin I mean, Williams was the guy. That, remember, there was the blow up in the draft room. Nah, there yeah, the he was, yeah. Melton Williams was the guy that Howie wanted. Mm-hmm. He's done nothing. Yeah. Give him time, but he's done nothing. I don't know where that other kid went that uh, 
was it Tom Donahue or whoever the head of scouting yeah. was that he yeah. wanted. But, you know, it's just – and, and they're not getting the ball to their wide receivers. Like, the first – week one against Atlanta, the first, like, three plays were sc- screens to Quez Watkins. Like, just snap yeah. it and throw it. And they got, like, 30 yards on it. And Quez Watkins literally has done nothing – like, hasn't even been targeted since. He came up with that jump ball on Monday night, but he literally hasn't been targeted. I just yeah. don't understand how you – like, what are they doing on all these plays? I know they have guys that everybody's got to get a touch here and there, but, like, Greg Ward's invisible, Boston Scott barely plays, and I'm not telling you those guys are going to save the season. I get it. Yeah. But, like, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside hasn't done anything. Like, who has done anything? Anything. Ertz, I mean, invisible. Goddard, mainly invisible. Like, Devontae Smith hasn't come down with a uh, contested catch. Yeah. Rager steps out of bounds on the one chance he has to make a play in week two. It's just like, uh, it's disgusting already. (laughs) I know, man. Already. It's disgusting. I just hope we see some improvement. I mean, because, you know. Well, so far they've gone backwards. So, right. Yeah. And you've weeks. got a Chiefs team that's lost two in a row coming in. I know everyone says that. Well, the Chiefs are coming off a loss. No, people. They're coming off two losses. Yeah. Two Which, heartbreaking, like, last-minute yes. losses. And you if know, you Andy tell me Reed, the third's coming, I'd be absolutely shocked. <laughs> right? And if Andy Reid wins here, it'll be, what, his 100th win in Lincoln Financial Field? That's what the rumor was, but I don't know if that's uh, it's just, accurate. Uh, and can I can I rip a couple guys real quick? Yes, get time for that. Yes, yes. I've had enough. I've had enough Fletcher Cox. Yeah, good one. I'm sorry, I just Steal I don't money. see it. I don't see the effort. I don't think he cares. No. I think he's got other stuff in life, and that's fine, dude. All his money's guaranteed. He's got his Super Bowl. He's made his All Pro teams and his Pro Bowls. And I just you know you could talk about. Double teams Dude, he has a, and all I, this stuff. I, I don't he think looks he's out made of a shape. He looks out. Yeah. He did not make a tackle Monday night. He did not have one tackle. Did, Monday did he night. make a tackle in San Fran? Because it know. was either San Fran or Atlanta. I, and that ball were, landed I, I in his lap, literally for the touchdown. <laughs> right, yeah, it hit yeah, his that, belly. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like he just, yeah, he does. He doesn't look like he's in shape. And this isn't just this year. It's been years of looking yeah. tired, hands yeah. on his hips, on the sidelines for big plays. Yeah. And he hasn't been that wrecking ball, you know? Yeah. Oh, nice. A little who are you? Is that your ringtone, John Mita? Uh, yeah, it ha- actually, it happened to be your brother-in-law on the other line. Wow, but I, I told him, I gave him the old sorry I can't. Yes, that is the who are you ringtone. I thought sorry maybe that. that was your your trainer wondering why you're late for your nah, gym, nah. Gym session. That's all right. He'll get his money, my trainer. This this podcast <laughs> is way too important. But, yeah, go ahead with Fletcher Cox. I yeah. just, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired yeah. of it. You know, and, and here's another guy that, I was listening to WIP today. He's got dead cap money through 2025. Last time I checked, it's 2021. So we're going to be paying Fletcher Cox for four years, whether he's here or not. And if you think his play is going to improve between now and 2025, you got a better chance. How many more years does he have left on the contract? I don't know, but they keep kicking his his, uh, cap hit down the road, restructuring, restructuring, because of the cap held at how he put us in. By the way, we're probably still paying Alshon Jeffrey. Probably. And Where is Alshon Jeffrey? We know the what is Carson on the books for what twenty million in dead money this year? Well, overall, we're like thirty-five million dead cap yeah. this year alone. Yeah. It, it's mean, brutal. Yeah. And again, the Phillies. I said you got to get younger. You got to get faster. The Eagles need to get younger. 
and they need to get faster. And I know I in the group chat the other day I said I would take all three first rounders next year and put them towards offensive linemen because I listen, you don't win the line of scrimmage, you're screwed. And right now they've got Jason Kelsey, who's gonna yeah. retire. Yeah, they got Brandon Brooks, who's coming off like a thousand debilitating injuries. Uh-huh. They got Lane Johnson, who can't have more than two years left in him. Yeah, say Amalo's never really been the answer. Yeah, you know, and no, you no, got Mylotta. So you literally have one one lineman right now that you could pencil into your future past next season. Say right, let's say that, the twenty twenty three season. Yeah. You got one lineman, and maybe Landon Landon. Uh, Landon Dickerson's your center. Maybe yes. So maybe you have two linemen. Other sure. than that, you got nobody. Yeah. And it's it hurts the running game. The quarterbacks are all skid, uh, you know, just jittery back there and skittish of the whole situation. And it affects yeah. everybody. And they don't have a big receiver that can win on the line of scrimmage anyway. Rager nope. is my size. Devontae Smith is smaller than me. And I don't know how big Quez Watkins is, but he Not ain't big. big. <laughs> so – like, where are you going to push? Where are you going to get past man press coverage? Yeah. And you got to snap. You got to get that ball out in 1.5 seconds. Yeah. Snap. Who's who's eight yards downfield and open out of that group? Nobody. Yeah. yeah. The deficiencies are alarming. And we got Howie Roseman drafting to save the day. So, goddamn, <laughs> just put a bullet in me now. <laughs> All right. On a lighter note. <laughs> No, I mean, it's uh, – well, all right, let's talk about the positives. Javon Hargraves yep. uh, looks like a, a very good signing at this point last year. Disappointment. Yep. And where – hey, the thank punter, God. We, the, punter. the punter. The punter. We still can't pronounce his name. Zippos. But he, he's our guy, baby. He's our baby, That's baby. That's our pro bowler. Yeah, that is our pro bowler. No kidding. Oh, boy. Well, buckle up, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. Hey, Johnny Mita, week you seven. Uh huh. Week Over seven. under. Gardner Minshew's a starting quarterback. Ooh, man, man, that's tough, man. Because again, who wouldn't he'll struggle against months, this competition? Who have, have two months in camp? You know, with the team. I say, if he system. doesn't win it, if let's put it this way. If they start one they, and six, who one starts and week six, eight? Maybe Gardner Renshaw. And why is Joe Flacco here? I mean, I I'd trade him immediately if somebody <sighs> was willing to take him. Maybe that Washington football team, you know, if it's magic can't come back, just trade him right down the road. Man. I know. I didn't think it was gonna be this depressing. Like but it I is. don't even mean the team, I mean the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Especially for our two hunters. Usually it should be a joyous occasion. Yeah, no, but... last time you were doing car bombs at the Great American Pub for number one hundred. I had to beg I, you to I, come I, I back do, and finish I, the show. I, I do remember you that. Remember that and, line uh, stop feeding John Me to car, car bombs. bombs. Yes, I do. And I <laughs> tend to listen to that podcast if I'm looking for a good laugh. So well, that was legendary. Thanks, Johnny Mita. You're the best. Glad we could sneak this in. You um, got it. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for in. listening. Yeah, yeah we're going to uh, – All happy. the listens, all the downloads, all the feedback. Um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, amazing. It's such so, a great outlet for both of us in yeah. many ways. So but it's it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Well, can't, can't get any get worse. worse. Yeah, can't get any worse. You know, they asked on WIP today, just kind of roughly, loosely uh, – the four teams right now, who's the closest to winning? The Flyers. <laughs> well, somebody said the Sixers sorted by default just because, you know, well, they, they know they're going to make I, the playoffs and they have Embiid. But 
Right. They, they're in turmoil right now, too. Yeah. Now, I mean, this, I would say Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, Eagles. Yep, that's the way, <laughs> that's the, way the list went, and, and it wasn't very uh, convincing. But uh, nah. All right, follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast, where we don't tweet. All and right. uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Number 200 in the books. Johnny Mead, I love you, brother. Be good. Love you, too. Thanks for everyone listening. Appreciate it. Congrats, Joey. Congrats, brother. Thanks, well done. Man. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Go Birds. Till next time, Brotherly Love Podcast. We'll see